I want you guys to think with me, okay? We're going we're gonna to think together. I want you to think back to when you were five years old. You guys remember when you were five? I want you to think back to when you were five years old. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paint a picture of the day that you're having when you were five years old. And it, it's, it's the best day of your life. You're five years old and you're like, this is the best day of my life. Here, here's what's happening, okay? It's the end of the day. You had a long day, a lot of fun with your parents and your siblings, if you had siblings when you were five. The day is winding down, and you are sitting on the floor in your house, and you are playing with your favorite childhood toys, okay? Whatever those are, your favorite childhood toy you've got in front of you, you're playing with it, and not just your favorite childhood toy, but the TV is on, and your favorite childhood TV show is on. So you've got your favorite toy, your favorite TV show, and you're like, oh, this is, this, I'm living the life. But, but wait, that's not everything, okay? You also have your favorite snack, your favorite childhood snack. And y- your favorite childhood snack is inside your favorite snack bowl that you had when you were a kid. And not just, not just that, okay? But you have your favorite juice. And your favorite juice is inside your favorite juice cup. And you are just having the best day of your life. You're five years old. Nothing can be better than this. This is, you're just like, oh, I love my life. I love, this is so great. But then your mom or your dad walks in and says, all right, it's getting late. They turn off the TV. They tell you to clean up your toys. They say, give me your snack, give me your juice. It's time to get in the bath, and it's time to go to bed. How would you react? What? These guys say baths are awesome. All right. Well, if you, if you are like me, well, I should say if you were like me, I don't do this anymore, um, thankfully. But if you were like me when you were five, sometimes you got in a bad mood. And sometimes you just said, that's not fair. This isn't fair. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to take a bath. I, I, I want to keep watching TV. Have you guys ever said that before? You guys ever say that to your parents before? Yeah. How many times throughout your life have you said that phrase? It's not fair. This isn't fair. A lot? If you said it a lot, raise your hand. Let me see. You still say it? That's what I'm saying. If you still say it, it's not fair, right? Probably a bunch. You probably said that a bunch of times. Well, the Bible actually has a lot to say about what to do when you think life isn't fair. Did you know that? When you look around at life, at your life, and you think to yourself, this doesn't seem fair, this isn't fair, something is wrong, the Bible actually tells us what we need to do. Specifically in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, open up your Bibles to 1 Peter, chapter 2, starting in verse 18. Peter talks about what to do 
when you are not being treated fairly by someone who has authority over you. You ever been in that situation where someone who had authority over you, you felt like they weren't being fair? Anybody? Show me your hands if you've ever been in that situation. Yeah, you felt like, oh, this isn't fair. Well, Peter, in God's word, he tells us exactly what we need to do whenever we come and find ourselves in a situation like that. Well, typically, the world will say that when people who have authority over you are not treating you fairly, then you need to do whatever it takes to get fair treatment. You need to do whatever it takes to get them to stop so that you get what you deserve and you think that you deserve to be treated fairly. So the world will say, if you need to yell, then yell. If you need to threaten, then threaten. If you need to get stand on a table and scream and yell until you get what you deserve, then that's what you need to do because you deserve to be treated fairly. That's what the world says. But see, the Bible actually says something a whole lot different than that. So as Christians, if you say you're a Christian, if you have put your trust in Jesus, it should be your goal to respond to every single situation you find yourself in the way the Bible says you should respond. It should be your goal to please God with your behavior, to please God with your actions and your words. So it's important to know what the Bible says about how to handle yourself when you look around and you think that life isn't fair. So here's what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 18, it says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and to the gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So here's what the Bible is saying. You need to keep trusting and keep obeying God when you are treated unfairly. You keep trusting, you keep obeying God when you're treated unfairly, and you always remember the example that Jesus Christ set for you. Here's point number one. Submit to your authority even when it's not fair. That's what the Bible is saying. You need to submit to those who are in authority over to you, even when it doesn't seem fair, even when it actually isn't fair. You need to submit. So Peter, he's continuing on his lessons on authority here, and he says, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. Submit to your masters and be respectful. 
So he's talking specifically to these people that he refers to as servants. So we have to understand exactly who are these people that he is writing to. Who are they? Well, specifically at this point in time when Peter was living, who he's writing to, these are people who worked within a household. There was a, an owner, a master of a household who had a house, who had a bunch of land, and they had servants who worked for them. So their boss was the owner, the master of the household. And these servants, most of the time, they were actually treated well, right? We, we need to separate this from what we know about slavery in America and how, how terrible that is and how terrible slavery is in that way across the world, okay? This isn't the same thing, okay? These people were servants. They were paid. They were employed by their masters. They were treated well. Most of the time, they were treated fairly. The servants could actually get married and have kids, and, and they lived on the premises of their master's household. And it was their job to work for them. They got fair pay. They were able to live there. They had a roof over their heads. They worked for their master. They would manage the household. They would oversee the household. They, they might have had skills of being a doctor or a nurse or a teacher or a musician or an artist, anything like that. Whatever their skill was, they did it directly for the master of the house. So look, there's not an exact comparison of this servant role today. I can't point to anything and say that's exactly what it is. Times are different. We don't really have that anymore. But here's what this does not mean. This does not mean that you can say, oh, we don't have that anymore, so there's nothing for me here in these verses. Can't do that. There's something here for all of us to learn from these verses. Everyone has something to learn. So I want you to lean in and pay attention this morning because this is very, very important, especially for you at your age, at your point in life, you need to listen to what God's word is saying about this. You may not be a servant in this way, but you do have masters. So last week we talked about the government. Government is a form of a master over you. They have authority over you, and you need to submit to the government. That means your president and your governor and your police officers and your mayors and your judges and whoever has authority in the government. You submit to them. You do what they say, except when they tell you to sin. You don't do that. But here, here's some other masters that you guys all interact with pretty much on a daily basis. Teachers, coaches, pastors, leaders, bosses, parents. You have masters. And you're called to submit to these masters, the people who have authority over you. Wherever you go, whatever you're involved in, where, wherever that is, the people who have authority over you in that situation, they are your masters. And God's word says to submit to their authority with all respect. Submit to them with all respect. So I want you just to take a second and think about the people in your life that are your masters. Like, picture their faces. Think about who they are. And just think about that for a second. Who are your masters? Who are the people in your life that have authority over you? You need to understand that they are in charge of you in some way. God, in his infinite wisdom, has put them in charge of you. They have authority over you, and you are commanded to submit to their authority. 
and follow the rules that they set. So I have a question for you, and I want you to answer it honestly in your minds. Are you respectful to those who have authority over you? Do you follow their rules? Do you listen to what they say? Do you treat them with love and kindness and respect? Or do you break their rules? Do you make them mad on purpose? Do you push their buttons on purpose to see how far they will let you go sometimes? Do you speak rudely to them? You need to please God by submitting to your masters and respecting them. This is what pleases God. God is pleased when you, when I, do this. But look, just like we talked about last week with the government, there's only one exception to the rule of submitting to your masters, and that is if they command you to sin. Here's an example of this. In the book of Acts, the apostles were preaching the gospel. They were sharing the gospel. They were going all around on their missionary journeys and teaching the gospel. And thousands of people were putting their trust in Jesus and getting saved. And the government authorities, the masters over them, they pulled them aside. They beat them. They flogged them. <clears throat> and they said, if you do not stop this, we're going to arrest you. We're going to keep beating you. And ultimately, they might be killed. So they were being told, it is illegal for you to share the gospel. You cannot do this anymore. You need to stop doing this. And here's what they said in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. They looked back at these masters, those who have authority over them, and they said, we must obey God rather than men. So if your teacher, if your coach, if your parent, if someone tells you to do something that is in direct rebellion to God's word, that is the only time that you can say, I, I can't do that. Because that is sin, and I'm not going to sin against God. Every other time, every other instance, no matter how unfair it seems, no matter if you don't understand why they're telling you to do this, it does not matter. Your job is to submit to their authority and to respectfully, just to respect them. That is what you are called and commanded to do. And really, this should be an easy thing when those that have authority over you are kind and gentle. It shouldn't be hard for you to listen to the people in your life who have authority over you, who love you, who are kind and gentle to you. Think about your teachers, think about your leaders, think about these people in your life who are kind and gentle to you. It should be easy for you to say, I'll submit to you, I'll listen to you. And if it's not easy for you, that means you have a problem with authority. And you're not listening to what God's word says. You need to repent of that sin. You need to understand that those who have authority over you, especially those that are kind and gentle, they have your best interest in mind. You need to repent. You need to submit to them. You need to respect them. It should be easy for you to do that when it comes to someone that's kind and gentle. The hard part the really hard part is whenever you have to submit to someone who isn't fair. Someone who you think is not being just, who's not being fair, who's not being kind. That is the really hard part. Listen, it's hard. It is difficult to do that. Because again, you're going to think in that situation, this isn't right. I deserve to be treated in fairness. 
I'm going to do whatever it takes to get what I deserve. Well, look, we just read God's word says something very opposite. So you need to submit. You need to listen. You need to respect. Even when you don't get it. Even when it doesn't seem fair. You need to submit to the authority that does not treat us in fairness. And verse 19 tells us the reason why. It says that it is a gracious thing. That means it is a commendable thing. It finds favor with God. It is approved by God when you submit to and when you respect masters who are not fair. It pleases God when you do this. God it's not saying that you are that he is pleased just because you're being treated unfairly. He is pleased when you respect and obey and submit your authority even when they're not being fair. That pleases God. The Bible says during times like this, you should be mindful of God. That's the phrase Peter uses. You need to be mindful of God. It means you need to have God on the forefront of your mind. That means that you need to trust that God is with you and he never fails to care for you when you are in need. When you are going through a situation, when you think this isn't fair, they're not treating me fairly, it pleases God when you submit to them because it shows God that you trust him. That you trust that he knows what he's doing in your life. You trust that he knows best, that he is God, he is good, he is in control, and that pleases God. Being mindful of God means that you have confidence in him and that he will make all wrong things right. So whenever you have a master in your life, someone who has authority over you that's not being fair, when it doesn't seem fair, you need to remember that God is with you in the moment, that he never leaves you, he never forsakes you. See, verse 20 points out that God is not talking about uh, enduring through hard times brought on you because of your sin. Okay, Here's what it says. For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. When you disobey your teachers, when you disobey your parents, when you disobey your leaders, your coaches, what do you deserve? Somebody answer me. Discipline, punishment, consequences. You deserve it, right? You earned it because you didn't respect them. So God's word is not saying enduring hardships that come upon you because of your mistakes. He's not saying that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's a good thing because guess what? You deserve the punishment. You deserve the discipline. So it's not, it's not you don't get any credit for saying, God, look at me. I'm getting through the discipline when you are the reason why you're getting that. You understand? When you sin and you face the consequences, you can't say, God, look at me. I, I'm, I'm trusting you through this. Because it's your fault. You deserve that. What God is talking about is the hard times that you face, the unfair treatment that you face from your masters when you are doing nothing but the right thing. So when you can look at a situation and you can say, I, re I really don't deserve this unfair treatment. It's not because of my sin. I'm listening. I'm being respectful. I am doing the right thing. When you endure through that, when you trust God through that situation, that's what he's talking about. That is what pleases him. God is pleased 
when you endure sufferings that you did not deserve. The natural response, what your flesh will want to do, is seek revenge. You're going to want to get even. You're going to want to yell. You're going to, you're going to want to make things right. But the response that God desires for us to have is to be patient and to endure the hard times while trusting him. All right, so let's say that you have a teacher, and this teacher is treating you unfairly. Like, 100%, this teacher is being really unfair. The teacher is grading your papers harder than everyone else. Marking things wrong on your paper that are not marked wrong on someone else's paper. Not, not fair. And then let's say that your teacher is making you follow rules that no one else has to follow. Do, do you guys have to, like, tuck your shirts in at school? You have to do that? Guys... Do you have to follow, like, haircut rules at your schools? Yeah? Okay, well, the school that I went to, we had to wear a school uniform. We had to tuck our shirts in. I was only allowed to have hair pretty much not a whole lot longer than what it is right now. So let's just say that you all went to my school, and, uh, and, and the teacher was saying, you need to tuck your shirt in. Ladies, they had to tuck their shirts in, too. Um, you need to tuck your shirts in. You need to make sure that your hair is the right length. You need to make sure that you're wearing the right color shoes. Yeah, I had to wear white shoes. Pretty crazy, right? Just, we can talk about it another time. It's crazy, right? But let's just say that everyone around you is breaking these rules, but the teacher says, I'm going to single you out, and I'm going to grade you harder. I'm going to be harder on you than everyone else. What would you want to do in that situation? This isn't fair, Right? Would you, would you have any desire to be respectful to that teacher? Would you have any desire to submit to that teacher? Probably not. You would want to stand up on your desk and say, this isn't fair, I need justice, look at everyone else, why are you only looking at me, this isn't fair. You'd say, my parents are going to get you fired because you're a terrible teacher, I'm going to do whatever it takes. But what should you do, actually? according to God's word. You should submit. Continue to be respectful. Continue to obey. When your teacher says, hey, tuck your shirt in, you should just say, okay, and tuck it in. You should trust God through it. You should be patient and submit to the authority and trust God through it. Hebrews 13.5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God will never leave you or forsake you. No matter how unfair life seems, no matter what is going on, you need to always remember God has not left you. He has not forsaken you. And you need to trust him and submit to your authority. All right, now listen, there, there is a line here, okay? Now let's say that your teacher starts to, you know, they're putting their hands on you. They're doing things that are very, very clearly wrong, okay? At that point, something needs to be done. So I'm talking about these smaller rule-following type things, okay? Does that make sense? You submit to what they say, and you trust God. God is pleased when you do this. It pleases God because you are trusting him. You might want to react by throwing up your hands and screaming, this isn't fair, this isn't fair, I don't deserve this. But God's word says not to do that. Keep trusting God. God has the situation under control. It's human nature to respond and say, this isn't fair. 
See, one of the problems that people, including Christians, have is, is that we think that we actually deserve fair, fair treatment all the time. And this is called entitlement. Entitlement. This means that you feel like you always deserve perfect treatment. You feel like you always deserve for everything to work out the best way for you. You deserve the best seat in the house all the time. You deserve the best food at dinner. You deserve the best of the best of the best. That's what you feel like you deserve in life. That's called entitlement. This is an issue that everyone faces. But see, the Bible actually says that Christians are not entitled to that kind of treatment. In fact, Jesus says, and you know this because we've said this over and over and over again, Jesus says to expect people to oppose you. Jesus says, expect unfair treatment from the world. You need to expect it to happen because it will happen. If you're a Christian, don't be surprised when someone is treating you unfairly. Don't say, how could this happen? It happens because Jesus said it would happen. So when it happens, you need to think, yeah, I was was ready for this. I knew this would come. And I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to trust God through it. I'm supposed to continue to submit to my authority and do the right thing and obey and trust God. So here's point number two. Entrust yourself to the just judge like Jesus did. Jesus constantly entrusted himself to God. God is the just judge, the one who judges justly. And you need to do the same. Peter says, for to this you have been called. What? What is he talking about? What have you been called to? You have been called to keep doing good even when it's not fair. You are called to this. You are commanded to do this as Christians. Keep doing good even when it is not fair. Even when it doesn't seem fair. When your teacher isn't fair. Whenever your coaches won't put you in the game even though you're one of the best on the team. You are called to keep doing good. Keep doing what pleases God. Keep trusting Him. You are going to be treated unfairly. You are going to go through hard times. And Peter tells us the reason why is because it was a part of the life of Christ. Jesus suffered first. And Christians are called to imitate him. Jesus suffered. He says you are going to suffer. You're going to be treated unfairly. Jesus was treated unfairly. Jesus didn't deserve to be beaten, mocked, scorned, and killed. He didn't deserve any of that. It wasn't fair. He went through the suffering first. And he suffered for you. You understand? He did what he did for you. So that you could have a relationship with God the Father. He set the example for you to follow. And Peter explains the example that Jesus set. Here's what he says. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. We know that. Jesus never sinned. 
He never deceived anyone. Never was deceit found in his mouth. He always did what was good. He always did the right thing. He always entrusted himself to God. No matter how unfair it was, no matter what was going on, he didn't say, oh, this isn't fair. I'm going to get I'm going to get what I did. I'm going to get justice. He kept doing the right thing. Committed no sin. And it says when he was reviled, reviled is to be criticized, to be attacked, to get yelled at, to 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 be fought with. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he was criticized, he did not criticize in return. He did not fight back. When he suffered, he did not threaten. You understand? When they were beating him and putting the crown of thorns on him, he didn't threaten them. He didn't say, yeah, you better be careful. You don't don't know the kind of power that I have. He didn't say anything like that. He continued to do what? To entrust himself to him who judges justly. He continued to trust the Father. And that is the example he set and you need to follow. You understand that? You need to follow and do what Jesus did. To entrust. That means to hand over. To deliver or or to commit to something. So Jesus is handing himself over to God. Understand? Handing just everything. His whole life he's saying, God, I am yours. Do what you want. I am entrusting myself to you completely. It's like you're putting your whole life in the hands of God. That's what you're doing by entrusting him, entrusting yourself to him. I had a coach in high school uh, who was in the military a long time ago. And one day during practice, I was standing next to him, and I said, hey, coach, his name was Coach Calderon. I said, hey, coach, uh, you were in the military, right? And he said, yeah. I said, what did you do in the military? He goes, yeah, uh, I jumped out of airplanes. I was like, what? You did? He's like, yeah. I said, how many airplanes have you jumped out of? And he goes, "Ah, I stopped counting after 100 probably. I said, what? 100? 100 times? Yeah, probably a lot more than that actually. Wow. Okay. Now, of course, he had a parachute every time, right? The army is not just pushing guys out the plane without a parachute. He He had a parachute, right? But hey, so when he's jumping out of this airplane, when he's jumping out of this airplane, I want you to think about how much trust, guys, I want you to think about how much trust he is putting in that parachute. Do you guys ever plan on going skydiving? Think about how much trust you're putting in that one little cord to pull and to work. And for a piece of fabric to unfold and to safely get you to the ground and you don't end up like a pancake. Think about it. That is a lot of trust. What you are doing is you are entrusting yourself to this parachute. You're putting your whole life in the hands of a piece of fabric. And you're saying, I, I'm just going to trust you because you're the, this is the only way I'm going to survive. The only way I'm going to get through this is if this parachute works. And I'm going to trust, I'm going to entrust myself to this parachute. You understand? You are handing yourself over to a parachute and saying, okay, I'm trusting that you work. I'm trusting this. Entrusting yourself to God is similar. 
You are giving your whole self, your whole life, everything about you. You are putting in the hands of God, and you're just saying, I'm trusting you. No matter what's going on in life, no matter how unfair things are, no matter how unfair your teachers or your coaches, no matter what's going on, no matter the hard times you're facing, you need to respond the way that Jesus did and entrust yourself to God. And say, God, you are a good God. I know that your word says this. I don't understand what's going on, but you do. And I'm just going to trust that you have everything under control. God, I am yours. And you can just do with my life as you please because I'm entrusting myself to you. I'm committing myself to you. That's the kind of faith that Christians need to have. Faith and trust in our just judge, the one who judges justly. Now, God is the just judge. But what does that mean? That God is the just judge. God is the judge of the universe. And he always makes the right call. Everything he does is right. Everything he does is fair. Everything he does is just. And so God is ultimately going to make all wrong things right. And Jesus understood that. And he believed that. And he just said, I know that you are just. I know that you are fair. So I am going to trust you. We need to do the same thing. You need to entrust yourself to God, just like Jesus did. You don't need to worry about things like revenge. You don't need to worry about getting even, because God handles that. It's very clear in his word. Romans 12, 19 says, Never avenge yourselves. Leave it to the wrath of God. You're going to want to get justice. You're going to want to get fair treatment. You're going to want to do whatever it takes. But God's word says, leave it to God. You just need to trust him through it. Trust that he's in control. Trust that he knows what he is doing. So when you're being treated unfairly, you need to trust God. Now Peter, he continues to describe what Jesus did. And he reminds us, ultimately, of what Jesus' sacrifice accomplished. Here's what he said. Here's what God's word says. He himself, Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Here's point number three. Remember that God sees the big picture. I want you to remember that God always sees the big picture. Christ was hung on the cross. He took your sin upon his shoulders. And God punished him for your sin. And he did this to accomplish your salvation. So that you could be saved. He did this so that you can die to sin. And you can live to righteousness. So through his sacrifice... If you put your trust in Jesus, sin no longer has power over you. You are not under sin anymore. You're under grace. And it says that through the wounds of Jesus, you have been healed. Through the wounds that Jesus took upon his body, that's how you find healing. That's how your soul finds the healing that it needs. That's how you find salvation. That's what it's talking about. 
Through his wounds, you have been healed. Through his death, you can have life. You see, before you put your trust in Jesus, you're just straying like a lost sheep. Just lost. If you have not put your trust in Jesus today, that is what you are. You are straying like a lost sheep. But now, if you trust in Jesus, you've returned to the good shepherd, the shepherd and overseer of your soul. You see, guys, the gospel was God's plan all along. All along, God saw the big picture. He created it. He put it into plan. He put it into motion. You understand? Jesus, he had to go through these things so that you could be saved. He had to suffer. He had to die. He had to rise again on the third day in order for you to have salvation. He had to do it. And this was always God's plan. This was always the big picture. So you need to keep this in mind all the time. Okay? That God sees the big picture. He knows what's going on. When it comes to your sufferings, when it comes to your hard times, when it comes to you being treated unfairly, you need to trust God. Because He sees the big picture. You understand? He knows the reason why it's happening. You can trust Him. He's good. The Bible says He's working for your good to make you more like Jesus as a Christian. He knows why it's happening. So you may never know. You, may nev- you, might, you might say, I do not understand why life isn't fair. I do not get it. But guess what? God sees the reason why. He knows what he's doing. You need to trust him. You need to trust that he gets it. That he knows what's going on. He knows why things are happening. Look at me. Look up here. God is a good and perfect God. And he has a good and perfect plan for your life. And you can have confidence that if you've put your trust in Jesus, then his good and perfect plan is happening in your life. No matter how unfair something seems, no matter how unfair your teachers are being, no matter what's going on, you can say, God, I trust that you know what you're doing, that you see the big picture. I'm just going to trust you through it. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is Joseph from the book of Genesis. You guys know Joseph? Joseph went through a lot of trials, a lot of hard times. Was any of it fair, you think? What did Joseph's brothers do to him? Sold him to slavery. They wanted to kill him because they hated him. So what they did is they sold him into slavery. Was that fair? No. Joseph got to Egypt He ends up, the house he ends up, and he ends up as a man who has a lot of power. And, you know, the woman comes and wants him to sin, and he says no. And then she accuses him of something that he didn't do. And where does Joseph end up? Jail. Was that fair? Was not fair. He didn't do that. He only was doing the right thing. Through the entire story of Joseph, he continued to do the right thing. He continued to trust God. He continued to obey God. He continued to submit to the authority that was over him. But it it didn't seem fair, did it? Joseph understood that God saw the big picture. 
He understood that all he needed to do was keep trusting God. And he knew that God was in control. And think about how things ended up. Joseph ends up as the second most powerful person in Egypt. And then his brothers approach him. And God put him in a position where he could help his family survive. He gave them food. All of these things. And eventually he finally reveals himself to his brothers and his brothers are freaked out. They're scared. You know why they were scared? Because they thought that they were going to die. Because Joseph had the power to turn to the security and say, kill these guys. And they would have killed them. He could have done that. He could have taken revenge. He didn't even need a reason. He could have just said, you guys are dead. Killed them. But he didn't do that, did he? At the end of everything, he looked at his brothers, his family, and he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for what? For good. We need to follow the example that Joseph set. First and foremost, we need to follow the example that Jesus set because he set the perfect example. Joseph was not perfect. He made some mistakes. When you think about the life of Joseph, so many things happened to him that were not fair. He didn't seek revenge. He kept trusting God. That was it. He pleased God with his life because he trusted him. He said, God, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why I'm in jail. I don't understand any of this, but what I do know is that you are good. I'm going to trust you. And that pleases God. Let's pray. God, please please help us to understand what your word is saying about submitting to our authority. Please help all of us to be kind and respectful to those who have authority over us, to listen to what they have to say to us. Whether they are kind and gentle to us or whether they are not fair, God, help us to obey your word and to submit. Help us to be wise. Help us to be discerning in this. God, no matter how unfair we think life is getting, help us to trust you. Please help us to continue to entrust ourselves to you because you are the just judge. Help us to never forget that you really do see the big picture, that you've planned it, things are happening according to your plan and your purposes, and we need to just trust you through it. So help us to do that all the time. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.